scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Isaiah and the Gospel of John, beginning in Isaiah with the sixth verse or the sixth chapter, the first verse. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphims were in attendance among him. Each had six wings. With two they covered their faces. With two they covered their feet. And with two they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the threshold shook at the voices of, uh, voices of those who called. And the house filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips and live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph had touched the mouth and with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and whom will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. And from the Gospel of John, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him. Word of God to the people of God. Well, welcome to Good Shepherd United Methodist Church on this Trinity Sunday, a Sunday where we remind ourselves of the manifestation of our triune God, a God that helps define our understanding of God's presence in our lives. Thanks for being with us here at Good Shepherd United Methodist Church where we're experiencing the hope that is with us. We, we want to remember that we have this hope because of the resurrection in Jesus Christ. Everyone here this morning, whether you're online, whether you're here in the house, are a part of the Good Shepherd United Methodist Church family. Let's take a minute this morning to wave at each other. If you see faces that you may not have seen in a while, or if I see a face that you don't know, Go introduce yourself and give uh, that person a wonderful Good Shepherd welcome. If this is your first time with us, you are now part of the family. If you're online, we would like for you to comment in the comment section and leave your prayer request that we may continue to pray for you this week. And if you're here in the house this morning, it's okay to shout out and let us know that you're here. I'm Pastor Regina and I'm looking forward to spending the next few minutes with you. We conclude this morning our Hope is Finally Here sermon series. We've claimed the hope that is found in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which gives each of us a hope of companionship, a future, an eternal life in our faith journey. We've explored the 21st century meaning of this hope and its understanding for 21st century disciples in a 21st century church. We, we here at Good Shepherd United Methodist Church are positioning ourselves to live into the transformation of the 21st century church while standing on the foundation of Scripture, not letting the past keep us tied down, but allowing the future to unfold in God's timing and in God's plan. 
We are allowing the Holy Spirit to dwell in each of us and direct the future and the future of the church. The key verse that has been a part of this uh, sermon series is found in Psalm 33, the 22nd verse. Let's say that together this morning. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us even as we hope in you. Throughout this series, we have named some necessary changes, voiced our fears and our doubts, as well as realized that this 21st century church is different from the church that we have all previously known. We continue to spread the gospel message of love and hope that comes through knowing Christ amid the transformation that we face. We claim the call to help faith become relevant to uh, those that we encounter living with new experiences in a new world as we seek God's direction for the future. We paint a picture of tomorrow's church and seek ways to reach that futuristic hope. Together, we discover just how to reach this goal and to honor the commitment to be spiritually based churches that are relevant to a futuristic, culturally based Christ-centered, praying, inviting, and loving community of faith. Now, first century disciples who fearfully hid behind behind those closed doors almost missed the hope that awaited them after Jesus' resurrection. 21st century disciples are called to believe in Jesus rather than because of our experiences with Jesus and not to miss that hope that awaits us. We have loosened our grip on what was and we see what is in witnessing to the future hope that is found in Jesus Christ. When 21st century Christians ask that question, what are you waiting for? We make needed changes for the future now. When we let the old get out of our way and the new comes into view, as an unveiling takes place where we begin to understand our circumstances and we see that need for change. As sheep in the fold, we are called to minister to the flock of those who have not yet experienced a life in Christ by listening to the voice of the shepherd. When 21st century disciples give up selfish reasons to remain comfortable and step out in faith, we then answer the call that God is placing on our lives to live for and love and serve God. We have defined hope as a a confident expectation of what God has promised. This hope is strengthened by the faithfulness of God to fulfill God's promises. It's the catalyst that deepens our spirituality, the foundation of our faith and hope as it increases our belief to love in and love for God. Hope is strengthened through prayer, which is that connecting point to a deeper spirituality. The challenging truth before us is, as a faith community is that genuine spiritual growth is essential for sustaining a future church and for numerical growth. This reality reminds us that of the work that still needs to be done at Good Shepherd United Methodist Church. Work to be intentional about our connection to God in order to deepen our spirituality. Work to be done to enhance ministry opportunities, not only for us, but for the greater community and work to be done to clarify our mission and vision as it relates to the calling that God has placed on Good Shepherd to be the beacon of hope on this side of the county. As a faith-filled, hopeful 21st century church with a future under God's direction, we continue to hear a wake-up call 
remembering that God is in the change and that God is already in the future waiting for us to respond. The Holy Spirit is among us and fuels our desire to be witnesses to the resurrection hope throughout our peace of the world and beyond. We strive to be that future church where all persons are welcome, invited and accepted, no matter their social status, political preference, or economic status. This church can become a reality if we focus on the fact that all persons are created in God's image and are beloved children of God. With this focus in the 21st century church is one who loves and serves God and neighbor because of God's great love for us. As we look to God in all circumstances, listen whenever God speaks and obey God's commands we discover what a God-directed church looks like. This future is one where, where God's followers continually examine our lives, our consciousness, and our practices, and then we improve on those things that need work. God challenges us, convicts us, and strengthens us toward moving into a future that glorifies God. We're beginning to take some baby steps into the future with some minor changes in our food pantry. So that the, and that, that hope is so that we may reach more people, more volunteers can participate in the ministry, and God can be glorified by our actions. Other small steps are being taken to enhance our ministries to children and families through our child care opportunities. We're focusing on creating deeper pathways to relationship after we have these big community events. We're exploring ways to use our current facilities and, and create safe space for activities and connecting points for the greater community that could lead to deeper faith communities for all persons involved. All of these ideas are just in the beginning stages of discussion, research, and planning. Your leadership is still working toward these realities. But all of us, all of us sitting here, all of us online, can pray that hearts and minds are open to receive God's direction and that barriers become non-existent as we seek to do God's will. Now last week was Pentecost Sunday and we celebrated the birthday of the church and, and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and that power is available to us still as we walk along this faith journey. This Spirit will guide us along to our future reality. We continue to discover a genuine, meaningful faith as we claim it for our own. As seasoned, faithful followers of Christ, each of us can recommit our desire to make a faith community as we embrace the Holy Spirit's power in our own lives. We are called as Christians to live in community with each other, and we must redouble our efforts to reconnect with our faith community. Holy Spirit's moving among us, folks. We've got to catch that wind that fuels its fire as, with this resurrection hope through prayer and discernment as we move into this bright future as a 21st century church. Begin now. Begin now praying for the Holy Spirit to fill your heart and lead you to areas of participation. Too often we make witnessing and discipleship and outreach and service far too difficult. We try to create a program or a study or a pathway to follow. We get so bogged down in the details that we lose sight of the main purpose, that of loving God and loving our neighbor. We must be intentional to be connected to the power of the Holy Spirit 
Sometimes this effort is just as simple as striking up a conversation and telling folks how your life has been positively affected by your influence of Jesus Christ. Everyone has access to God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This world where everyone can be forgiven and grace is not earned and love doesn't come with conditions is a foreign concept to so many. It's the task of the church and the disciples of Christ to spread that word. Today's Trinity Sunday. It's a Sunday in the liturgical year where, where we celebrate God's manifestations as the creator, sustainer, and redeemer. As the parent, child, and spirit. And the traditional language that we're all probably familiar with, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. However you refer to that Trinitarian God, whatever language brings you most comfort, know that God is one entity that manifests God's self in three ways. God is present with us in whatever form we need at the time we need it in whatever form we can best hear God speak. A Trinitar- the Trinitarian God, one God, three persons, is foundational to our image of God. Yet, it is as confusing as it is clear. The first part of this liturgical year, from Advent to Pentecost, tells Jesus' story from birth to life to death to resurrection to ascension and beyond. From Pentecost all the way back to Advent, we hear the church's story. Its birth, its struggles, its purpose and its actions. We learn about Jesus and, and, and spend the rest of our lives following his teachings, seeking to live our life of discipleship. All of these happenings are grounded in God's story, the story of God's people and our relationship to our Creator. Our story as a church and as individuals is connected to God's story in ways that we can never imagine but experience through our relationship with God and others. God's presence in our lives is wrapped around every fiber of our being, whether we recognize it or not. As we transition into the 21st century church God is calling Good Shepherd United Methodist Church to be, we try to grab on to as much of God as we know, as we can, but we know that we only have a tiny piece of the enormity of God. Today's scripture from Isaiah is a picture of God on God's throne, one in which many of us tend to think of of a being sitting in a lofty perch being tended to by wings of angels flying around in perpetual worship. As a kid, I kind of pictured a Lincoln Memorial-type scene with with a long-bearded figure dressed in white that was somehow loving but a bit unapproachable. My image of God has changed over the years and I've come to know God in many expressions and understand access to God in a more amicable sense. Yet I cannot help but feel like the prophet at times and say, woe is me, I'm lost, for I am one of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. We know that God is all-powerful and is to be worshipped, but we we often feel unworthy to approach God because we we know our own faults and our failures. We ask how the creator of the universe can care about little old me when when we stumble and we fall so many times in our attempts to, to follow the teachings and example of Jesus. Well, 
We don't have to read too far down in, in our passage this morning till we see that one of those angels that ministers to God, those ministers of God who, who reach down and take a coal, a coal from the fire and touch it to our lips as a symbol that God has cleansed all that is evil and sinful within us. And then ask, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? <laughs> the response of the redeemed is, here am I, send me. Here's where we stand today. Today, at the end of our Hope is Finally Here series, we stand knowing that there is hope to be found in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that things must change in this 21st century church and within ourselves if we're to spread the gospel as it, as to others. We stand here knowing that the Big C Church and our own faith community has work to be done to make that 21st century church relevant to those who have not heard the gospel. We stand here today with the question from God's throne, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Wondering how to respond to knowing our unworthiness and our doubt. We stand here wondering, could it be us? Could it be us that God is asking to do the work here on earth for God's kingdom? We don't have to look too far down, no any further than the answer to that question to that story of Nicodemus which is what happens before those verses in John that I read. Nicodemus is our old friend who, who was confused about how to enter his mother's womb and be born a second time. Our friend Nick visits Jesus in the dark of the night seeking to know more about how to become a part of God's kingdom. He discovers the need to be born by the Spirit. This same Spirit who, who offers us life and dwells in us as followers of Christ. If you've seen The Chosen, you, you better understand that struggle that Nicodemus faced when deciding to follow Jesus. We, too, struggle with our eternity, with our earthly selves, and we ignore that Spirit's guidance at times. But because of the Spirit within us, we can confidently respond. Here we are. Send us. We ask the question, why us? Why now? But the key verse of explanation as to why the creator of the universe would claim something so flawed as humanity comes in the verse from John's gospel that we read this morning. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. For God did not come into this God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him. God loves us more than we know or understand. This unconditional love is difficult for us to comprehend. This love is why and how God claims humanity and all its flaws. Love is at the center, at the center of our relationship with the triune God. Love is why God sent Jesus to redeem each of us. Love is what draws us into relationship with others and to God. Love is foundational to the faith and hope. Faith, hope, and love is a triangle that defines who we are as disciples. Hope in Christ, faith in God, and love for God, neighbor, and self. It's a trinity of sorts. A source, an explanation that describes the creator, sustainer, and redeemer and humanity's relationship. 
There's another trinity that I'd like to discuss this morning. Throughout our sermon series, we, these last few weeks, we, we've heard a lot about hope in the future church that is grounded in Christ. We've heard that we have work to do and that we need, uh, uh, need supporting that work. We have heard that we must think and act differently if we're going to be a successful 21st century church. So how do we get there? Our challenge, one challenge that I would like to, to offer to everyone sitting in the sanctuary this morning and everyone who is watching online, choose one person. Choose one person in your life who's not connected to any faith community. Maybe it's someone who, who does not have a relationship with Christ. Maybe it's a passing acquaintance. Your choice. Just choose someone. And after you make that choice, commit to praying for, loving on, and inviting this person into community with you for the next year. From June 2023 through June 2024. doesn't have to be elaborate. Simple prayers are best. Simple acts of love and kindness make the greatest impact. Invitations don't always have to be to church. Can you imagine what could happen to the life of Good Shepherd United Methodist Church if everyone commits to focusing their efforts on one person? We could double our impact if everyone's intention is to pray for, love on, and invite one person into relationship with you, with us, with the church, but more importantly, with God. The effort, my friends, is, is to focus on the resurrection hope that we have been talking about these last several weeks. One person exponentially recognizing the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. Jesus walks before us and with us into a new future of hope here at Good Shepherd United Methodist Church where we can exclaim, hope is finally here. Where we understand that the resurrection of Jesus Christ gives us a whole new hope as we embark on a future under God's direction. This picture of tomorrow is different than our viewpoint today as we pray for, love on, and invite one into the relationship with Jesus Christ. As we journey on, may we see with our eyes and believe with our hearts that Jesus Christ is risen. May we have the courage to go and tell the world that there is hope to be found in a resurrected Christ. May we seek to listen for God and follow the direction God leads us into a peaceful, faith-filled future. May we listen to God speak, watching and waiting for God's Spirit to appear and to fill us with God's Holy Spirit. Then may we go boldly into the future as a praying, loving community of faith. May we know that God is waiting to, to meet us and everyone we invite into the future that glorifies God and builds God's kingdom here on earth. Now so that we can be reminded over the next year to pray for, love on, and invite one. When you come to communion this morning, there will be cards and someone will hand you. What I want you to do is put this somewhere prominent in your home, in your, in your devotion time, on your bathroom mirror, wherever it is you're going to see it every day. I want you to choose that one person. Put that one person's name on the back. If you don't want to put the full name, put the initials so that you're reminded back in December of 2023 when you've forgotten who you chose today uh, that can remind you. But if you've been praying for them every day, you're going to know that person's name. And then just continue to pray for them. So after you've come for communion this morning, 
You spent some time at the altar. Spend some time at the altar praying for God to reveal who that person is to you and then take a card from the person that hands it to you and place it where you can see it. As we move into Holy Communion this morning, I, we, we will use the, the ritual that is found on page 13 in the hymnal and, and the, it will be on the screen. We also want to be sure that as we come to, to the altar that we come knowing that God is already there to meet us, that God will reveal to us those things that we need to do, and God will reveal to us that name of the person that we need to pray for. Let us move into the ritual. Christ the Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. And we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord. God of power and might. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When supper was over, he took the cup, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you, for this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. 
Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by His blood. By Your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at His heavenly banquet. Through Your Son, Jesus Christ, with Your Holy Spirit, in Your Holy Church, all honor and glory is Yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now, with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. If those who are assisting me will come forward, please. options and single serve options if you're not comfortable with intinction and intinction you'll pick a piece of bread off dip it in the cup the altar is open and receive your cards to pray for love on and invite one to be me. 
this place filled with the Spirit to pray for, love on, and invite one. Amen. Amen. Go with God. You're dismissed.
Porque vai entrar na pia.